0: You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Live Different Podcast listeners, what's going on? It's Matt coming to you, of course, with another amazing episode this week with a very famous author, John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. You've probably heard about it, but you probably haven't read all of the books that he has written. He is enthusiastic. He is an amazing presenter. He is an expert. He has some really cool theories. And uh, it was a true pleasure to get down, an honor to, to speak with him and learn from somebody of his caliber. So I am pumped to present that to you. And if you guys are interested in joining a trip to Greece... Under 30 Experiences is about to launch Greece. You can go to under30experiences.com. If you want to check out Athens and the Greek islands, you know, Santorini, Paros, all these amazing places, it would be a true pleasure to have you involved in our community if you're between the ages 21 to 35 or at least somewhere close, still want to hang out with young people. Anyway, Wanted to let you guys know you can go to under30experiences.com and sign up for the list. You'll get a $100 discount. And I'm really excited to announce that in the coming month or so. As I grow closer to the completion of the Millennial Travel Guidebook, I will then be the host of two podcasts, the Millennial Travel Podcast as well, where we're going to dive in to experts, specifically in the travel industry, world travelers, adventurers, bloggers, people making a living from travel. I mean, just really nerding out on the subject in far greater depth than we have on the Live Different podcast, which of course is my amazing excuse to get to talk to really anybody I'd like to learn from. But this is going to be travel specific, and uh, I'm pumped to roll that out as I come to the completion of the Millennial Travel Guidebook. Really pumped about that, so stay tuned for updates. I'll let you know where you can get on that list. Without further ado, John Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today I'm here with John Gray. He is a very well-known and trusted uh, relationship expert, author originally of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century, and I don't think the man needs any other recommendation than that, but he has an excellent new book, which I was uh, delighted to read, Beyond Mars and Venus, Relationship Skills for Today's complex worlds and uh, what I like most about John is he takes a very scientific approach to all of this and our listeners know I'd love to to dive into the science so without further ado John welcome well thank you so much it's a pleasure you're very welcome you know that was a short bio of course but you are author of over 20 books is that correct that's correct yes great great I, i'd love to just hear a uh a quick little uh, history so people can understand where you've come from to become uh yeah listed in on such prestigious lists
1: okay well uh, i started out as a yogi uh from age 19 to 28 i was a celibate hindu monk wow i was personal assistant to the maharishi of the transcendental meditation movement which is popular i'm a master meditator i used to teach people to meditate then and then when I stopped being a celibate, I left the, the monastery, so to speak, and came out, got married and developed the whole ideas that men are from Mars, women are from Venus. and I think where it came from is people say, "How'd you come up with these ideas?" And because meditation helped me find inner happiness, okay I'm a pretty happy guy, non-judgmental guy, have a lot of trust and faith everything's good my life Tragedies happen, but there's always something good that comes from it. And so I learned that from my foundation of spirituality. Uh, Then I got married and conflicts would come up. And I saw over and over that it was because I wasn't understanding where she was coming from or she wasn't understanding where I come from. And typically when your partner isn't responding the way you want, we tend to judge them as though their way of thinking and feeling is wrong. I didn't do that. You know, I basically I'm a non-judgmental person. And so I was able to look more deeply. And it wasn't just with my wife that I learned this, my three daughters that I learned this, but also with my clients over 10 years, listening to women and realizing that men just don't understand where women are coming from. And women clearly, as a man, would misinterpret what their husbands were saying and doing. Because I felt, I have a lot of self-esteem, you know, I'm stress-free, confident due to my meditation. And so when women would say something was wrong with men, I kind of go, well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) I'm not judgmental towards men or women, but the problems come up when we don't understand the positive reasons we come together and where the differences lie and how to work with those differences, what are positive expectations, et cetera. We tend to think that if we love someone that they should react and think the way we do. And when they don't, we think what's wrong with them instead of like, oh, well, how can I give them the support they need? How can they give me the support I need? Probably they don't understand me as well. So that became the birth of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Then 20 books later, I've done Mars, Venus in the Bedroom, Mars, Venus on a Date for Single People, Mars, Venus in Love, that's for couples, Parenting Children from Heaven, a whole series of uh, relationship-type books. And then also Relationship with Ourself. I also wrote a book, How to Get What You Want, Want What You Have. And to a great extent, that's about blending the male and female within ourselves. Uh, That's where all being in the flow having your creative genius come forth, effortless, you know, we all have our talents. That's what I mean by genius. Uh, people go, oh, I'm not a genius. You have talents inside of you. And they come forth we're able to find a balance of male, female within ourselves. And then beyond Mars and Venus, I'm really focusing on modern relationships and the younger generation compared to my generation. There's a lot more gender fluidity. And the gender fluidity arises because when you have a higher consciousness There's an intuitive access to your spirit or higher consciousness, which is both masculine and feminine. You know, I started in the 60s. You know, I was a hippie, uh, grew my hair out like a girl, wore beads like a girl, demonstrated for peace instead of war like a girl, wore bell-bottom pants with a cute buckle and boots uh, (laughs) like a girl. I was going to my female side and it felt like heaven, you know, and meditation, spirituality. It felt like, wow, this is amazing. And women were busy becoming like men, you know, support groups, power, power to the women, let's accomplish, let's achieve, let's go for it, with an exhilaration and ecstasy, which happens when you become your whole self. But here's the rub. We are like a pendulum within ourselves. We have a female side and we have a male side. And if you're too far on the male side, which our culture typically was, then as a male in my in my teenage years as a hippie. I now go over to the female side. And as I'm going to the female side, there's a balance point. You hit the blend. And then you go, wow, this is amazing. But you can go too far to your female side. And as a man, you become lazy. You become irritable. You become needy. You become demanding. You're less assertive. All kinds of negative qualities happen in men when they become too feminine. And for women, they go over the male side. They feel empowered and great but then they become too masculine, they feel overwhelmed, there's too much to do, I can't relax, I can't have orgasms, I can't enjoy myself, I'm not at peace, because she goes too far. So the idea that my message now is helping the younger generation learn that with this gender fluidity, you need to know the symptoms. If you're a man, that you're too far to your female and what that means to be too far to your female. For a woman, what are the symptoms when you're too far to your masculine? First step is to know when you're out of balance. Second step is to know where to go. Third step is to know how to get there. And so that's the new book is all about that. But you have to recognize I'm out of balance because when you're out of balance, one of the first symptoms is blame. You're blaming somebody else for your unhappiness because when you find balance, you realize and you experience happiness is coming from within. The flow is there. You're creating your life. You know, the sort of new age philosophy today is we're responsible, we create our lives. But the truth is, nobody creates their life unless they take 100% responsibility. You can't tap into that power to manifest your dreams and accomplish your goals. You can't tap into that if you, it all come from victim. If the outside world determines my well being, I have no power or less power to determine my well being. So it's when we come back to exercising responsibility, accountability for how we feel and what we do and the results we get. Certainly other people influence us, but who can make it different? We have to make the change within ourselves rather than
0: trying to change other people as our way to find fulfillment. Well, that is beautiful. Thank you very much for that. And there are, of course, a million things that I would like to ask you at this point. Well, first, uh, I do want to go back to your, your days as a Hindu monk. And also, I wanted to to point out and and ask because you'd be the expert on this rather than than myself, but I believe in Sanskrit, there is a word that talks about action and how it's great to feel in the flow or to meditate and let go and be still, but you still have to take action I don't know if you know what the the word is or not, I don't, uh, I can't remember, but that's a very important concept. And I, I'd love if you could elaborate on that uh, a little bit.
1: Well, I think uh, what you're diving off on is very popular video was, and book was The Secret. And I'm part of The Secret. And the Secret is use your mind to create results in your life. You visualize results, you have positive attitude, and you will manifest what your dreams, your dreams will come true. And, you know, I was interviewed there and actually mine's a very short interview because I went on to say, every step starts with positive attitude, with desire and positive attitude in the outcome and with love. But then you have to take action. <laughs> and action, if you don't have what you want now, you will always have resistance to achieving more. You have to, the bigger your dreams, the bigger the obstacles. The more the change, the more resistance that will be. Change takes... You have to overcome to create that. But the first step is you have to imagine it and see it and feel it. That's the first step. The next step is you have to take action and process the resistance you will get. The resistance you will get is always there'll be somebody who disagrees with you. There'll be some doors that close and you have to pick yourself back up and believe in yourself again and hold on to your positive. In a sense, have faith in your goals. You can achieve what you want. If the desire is inside of you, it's achievable but you're gonna get knocked down and you start to doubt yourself. You have to continue to build yourself up through taking action with the belief that you can achieve and accomplish. And that means a lot of forgiveness. It means a lot of self-love. It means overcoming guilt. It means making mistakes. It means taking risks. All kinds of stuff in the process of making your dreams come true. Every failure becomes a setback to make you stronger. You know, if everything was just automatic, we would never grow. You use weights, I can tell. All right, so you use weights. If you weren't wanting to build your muscles, you wouldn't go into the gym and take light weights. If your goal is to achieve strength and power, you have to take heavier weights and you have to put forth effort and then you get to relax. Okay. It's not all effort. It's not always hard work. It's hard work and relaxation. And if we look at the yin and the yang, the masculine and feminine, hard work is masculine and enjoying, relaxing, loving, having fun, that's feminine. So we have to balance the two within ourselves. What makes women unhappy is when they work too hard. I mean, I've seen this for 40 years as a counselor. They come in again and again and again. I feel overwhelmed. There's too much to do. I don't have time. My life is a grind. I'm not getting the support I need. Well, the first step is to stop taking so much responsibility to be on your male side. Come back to being more, to enjoy your life more. And what you get as far as relationships go is you have a new perspective, is that relationships have changed. It used to be that men would provide for women and women would love men for providing for them. But today as women become their own providers, why do they need men? They're way on their male side, they can take care of themselves. So what do they need a man for? So that's a whole new awareness. And basically what they need a man for is emotional support. Emotional support that helps her come back to her feminine side. And the most powerful way to do that is sex. You are a stud when you give a woman three or four orgasms. You're going to sleep like you're in heaven. That's the greatest gift a woman can give a man is to receive him into her, enjoy him, get pleasure from him, and accomplish that goal of maximum female hormones, which happens when women have orgasms. And we have all these obstacles to that. This is a whole new picture. Today, couples are wanting lasting passion. That's why they get divorced most of the time. They stop having great sex. They feel the passion is gone. The man loses interest. The woman loses interest. They're not feeling that connection. In previous generations, nobody cared. Their goal was not this ecstasy of being in the flow. See, we we can taste that because the pendulum has swung like this and like this. We know what it feels like. We don't know how to sustain it. And to sustain it is a whole new set of guidelines and ways of understanding that you need the polarity. A man needs to have at least 10 to 30 to 50 times more testosterone than a woman for her to feel orgasmic with him. A woman needs to have at least 20 times more estrogen for her to be orgasmic with a man. There needs to be this polarity. Now, in the beginning of relationships, often you don't have to have that balance because there's another hormone that comes into play, and that's dopamine, a neurotransmitter in the brain. Because there's newness, that pumps up your hormones. Mm-hmm. But it's inevitable. newness goes away. Once you've had sex many, many times, you've living together, whatever, you don't get the free ride that dopamine gives you. So what sustains that attraction is difference. It's polarity. It's the male and female energies which are attracted to each other. And that's the sexual passion that couples want. But it gets lost because if women go too far to their male side or men are too far to their female side then you don't have that distance to come together again and again.
0: Wow. Sure. Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that was one of the main points from your book. We're actually doing things or putting into action as we've been talking about things that make men increase their testosterone levels and uh, women doing things that increase their estrogen levels. And yeah, I mean, while we're here, of course, I want to go back to your story and ask you questions about meditation, but we can, we can get to that. While we're here, would you mind speaking a little bit more about how men and women can be more mindful of their hormone levels?
1: Okay, well, first of all, about meditation. Generally speaking, uh, our popular meditations today are Hindu, have an origin in Buddhism or Hinduism. And at that time, if we just talk about the Buddha, who was a Hindu? and was sort of bringing it to another level. What he taught in terms of meditation was primarily for men. In India, primarily men would be taught to meditate, not women, because the hormones that get produced when you forget your problems, that's what meditation is. Ultimately, you're gonna become open and not think about problems. Your mind becomes clear, empty, and very peaceful because you're not thinking about anything. Now that was taught to men. Why was that taught to men? Is that when you forget your problems for your man, your testosterone levels come back up. In my book, Men Are From Mars, I talk about men needing cave time. Well, men will be in a relationship. And when you're loving your partner, you come home and you love your partner. The hormone that gets produced is estrogen. And testosterone goes down. This is proven that when you get married, your testosterone levels drop.
0: Sure. Because
1: you love someone more. When you have children, you even have more love in your life. Love is estrogen. Then your testosterone levels drop again. Now, do they have to drop low? No, they're just going to drop from being single. That's why sex is so exciting in the beginning. Another reason beside the newness is he's been single for a while and he hasn't had that love. And so his testosterone levels are much higher. Testosterone gives you the amped up power in sex. It creates desire, motivation, interest in sex. So Buddha taught men how to meditate to rebuild their testosterone. Because what happens when men have low testosterone, let's say we're dealing with stress all day long, stress in men depletes testosterone levels. If you're doing your work and everything's successful and you're doing well, your testosterone doesn't go down so much. But if you're stressed, your testosterone's used up more. And then when you come home, there's a need to rebuild testosterone. You can't rebuild testosterone while you're feeling connected to someone, that's estrogen. So you wanna have, you sort of disconnect from your family and your wife to a certain extent so you can do something on your own, solo, to rebuild your testosterone. So men were taught that because the symptom of low testosterone in men is depression, irritability, and ultimately aggression. And men used to be very, very aggressive if provoked. They didn't have the control. So it was essential to teach criminals as well as men how to meditate to rebuild their testosterone. And men were taught not to express feelings because feelings is estrogen. Now my message to men is certainly be in touch with your feelings, but if you have any blame, don't talk to your partner about them. That means you have too much estrogen and low testosterone. If your testosterone is healthy and you have estrogen, that's beautiful, that's the blend. So you can talk about your feelings, you can be more emotional if you have more positive emotions. Men lose control when they have too much estrogen, and a sign of too much estrogen in men is anger, disappointment, fear, anxiousness, irritability, and depression. These are all signs, and you can measure this. A depressed man always has very low testosterone. An aggressive man always has really high estrogen and low testosterone, and nobody knew this before. This is all new knowledge for the public information. We always associate aggression with men and testosterone and bad and bad, as opposed to this is when men are romantic and they're selfless and they give of themselves for the well-being of others, their testosterone levels are super high. That's your hero. He gives his life to protect his country, protect his family, protect his loved one, protect his wife. We do that. And what that does is we're motivated to do that because it also has a pleasure response in us, which is high testosterone. But when women go too far to high testosterone, it feels good, but it lowers their estrogen and their stress levels will increase by feelings of dissatisfaction. And because women are so far on their male side today, it's hard for them to sustain a relationship because the mind, when it's too masculine and you're a woman, becomes picky. This is not enough. This is not enough. This is not enough. She loses the ability of estrogen that says it's okay acceptance appreciation to be able to see the good to feel grateful nothing is ever perfect but you see that you have so much love then you can accept the other things when you don't have that estrogen that women need and they need 10 times more than men think about that 10 times more men need at least 10 times more testosterone different activities you want to talk about action which by the way the sanskrit word for action is karma is action is you do this you get the result right Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) So you have to, you you have to generate a result. I mean, it's a basic principle. If you do this, you get that result. If you get any result in your life, you have to look at what did I do to create that rather than blame somebody else.
0: Okay. And, And you know, one of the biggest things that I learned from your book was this concept of cave time, because when I come home from work or a busy day, when it's, before dinner or or perhaps right after dinner i can't tell you how much i've benefited from from just taking that 15 or 20 minutes of cave time for myself i have a meditation practice i usually meditate in the mornings but in the evenings i like to lay on a like a lacrosse ball or a foam roller and do a little kind of myofascial release and let out the tensions from the day but certainly not speak to anybody and I know when my girlfriend asks me, like, hey, tell me about your day. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've been solving problems all day, to be honest. And, and I, I can feel badly about this until I've really explained to her the concept that I don't really want to go over the day's worries and troubles and stresses because that's, that's not what I want to do every day when I come home is relive the, the work day. So could you tell people maybe some strategies to work through this?
1: Well, again, understanding gender
0: differences.
1: For men, often we want to forget our problems to relax. Mm-hmm. But then they need to talk about their problems to relax. That's why she wants you to talk. Then that gives her permission for her to talk. And that's a woman who's more in touch with her authentic self. Today, many women are so out of balance that they don't want to talk. They're just so in their male side, that, but they're stuck in remembering their problems and wanting to solve them we have the ability as men to more easily and efficiently take time to focus on something and forget our problems. So in a sense, that exercise you do at the end of the day, that's your form of meditation. And meditation, in a sense, is how to forget your problems. And often women feel like, oh, I can't forget my problems. Their mind is so busy, busy, busy. And that's why Buddha, and it wasn't taught in India, for women to practice forgetting their problems. Women just have to do something they enjoy doing. If women enjoy doing something, that's how they relax. And that's generally loving things, doing things that pleases them, doing things that have to do with love. But our world doesn't support that anymore. We've moved beyond that. It's not enough for women just to be taking care of children, taking care of a home, making a garden, being nurturing and supportive. They want to experience the power of their masculine side, too. Just as we men, we want to enjoy our lives as well. Sure. Their power. You know, so it's finding that balance. Uh, a little quick example is, you know, in, in the 60s for me, it was the hippie revolution. Now, am a hippie. Here I'm a guy. One of my brothers is in the army fighting the battles. And I, I'm protesting for peace, Vietnam. And I've got long hair like a girl. And I have peace. Women all want peace, harmony. And I'm like a cool belt buckle, bell-bottom pants, you know, holding incense, all this meditation. It was like... I was in such ecstasy at that time because I was allowing myself to experience my female energies. It was a cultural shift and women were allowing themselves to be empowered with their male energies. And we wanna be independent, we wanna make money, we want freedom, we want education, all good things. This was a revolution in our whole history. We're looking at at literally thousands and thousands of years of us being in these two different camps. And now we wanna switch sides, but also maintain. That's the challenge. This is like a whole new knowledge. There's no database to teach us how to do that. But now we have science that can help us understand very clearly the database is that when women are depressed, when they're unhappy, their hormones are out of balance. When men are depressed or unhappy, their hormones are out of balance. When women lose arousal or interest in a man, her hormones are out of balance. For a man to sustain attraction, interest... And connecting with his partner, his hormones are out of balance if it doesn't happen. So we have a biological baseline. It's no longer how we think, oh, men should be this way or women should be that way. It's biological. So coming back to the cave, which is what you're talking about, Men are From Mars is so popular because it, it gave men permission to do what's natural for them and help women understand that as opposed to feeling guilty that, oh, she wants to talk to me. She wants to know about my day. and She's just... You want to always please the woman. And if you can't please the woman, then you feel like a failure. So you have this pressure. And women will pressure you to be certain ways if they don't understand what you need may be different from her needs. And often the most, uh, many women who are way out of balance. You say, well, what are you feeling? How was your day? They go, oh, I got too many things to do. I don't want to talk. And, and some women, however, I'll say, well, why don't you talk to your partner when you get home? And she says, oh, he doesn't know how to listen. So, you know, back in the 90s, there was a whole revolution of communication was the answer for relationships because men, from the woman's point of view, would not listen. But the man's point of view, he was listening. She'd talk about some problems of the day and what we would do is say, well, you should do this, you should do this, you should do that. So we want to do fix so we want to do solutions. And she says, no, 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 you're not listening, you're not listening, as opposed to what she can learn to say is, oh, thanks for those great ideas, but I just want to unload my day I'm just talking about problems in a little while I'm going to feel better and now my new work explains why women have a greater need to talk about feelings and men when they come home particularly have less of a need and actually want to detach and forget their feelings temporarily because detachment and letting go of solving problems and forgetting problems and forgetting intimacy rebuilds testosterone that's been lost during the day And for women, if they can be vulnerable and share their feelings to somebody who actually knows how to listen, her estrogen levels will increase.
0: And estrogen
1: is the love hormone in women. So suddenly when her estrogen levels start to go to where they should be, her stress levels will go down and she'll feel better. So, you know, I learned this because for 10 years I would listen to women talk in therapy. They pay me lots of money just to sit there and nod my head and go tell me more (laughs) and help me understand that better. You know, they talk more and let's go a little deeper. What they would experience is an emotional intimacy with their therapist, and that would produce lots of estrogen. And what I saw is women would come in unhappy and stressed, and they would leave happy and no stress, and nothing has changed in their life. (laughs) Right. This is what men have to understand. You don't have to fix everything is that women can just talk, They need to have permission to feel what they feel and communicate it, to get a little empathy, a little understanding. And that in itself pushes a button, raises her estrogen, and suddenly she can forget all her problems. For men, it's to detach and then we can forget our problems
0: and that's a fantastic form of meditation for men and i really do try to think of it that way because i'm naturally i am a problem solver as as i said an entrepreneur i solve problems all day and and so my girlfriend presents issues and problems of course the first thing i want to do is solve them and open my mouth and say oh you got to do this or you got to do that, and it just it never it doesn't help, uh, even though I, I really do feel like my ideas are usually pretty good, but what you said earlier about non judgment towards the way the other person is thinking, so someone internalizes something and they have these feelings, and they tell you about these feelings. And it's easy to say, oh, well, you should actually think about it this way because this is how I would think about it. And I think I'm right. Exactly. So could you elaborate on that a little bit on how we can be less judgmental towards the way other people think?
1: Well, I'll even go a little beyond that in terms of uh, judgmental implies looking at someone as kind of not good as opposed to uh, not necessary. Often women will be upset and without even being judgmental, a man will tend to go, oh, don't worry about that. Oh, that's not a big deal because that's also how we process stress. The basic thing, the way a man looks at the world, if there's nothing I can do about something, then forget it. (laughs) Women can't. They need to talk about it. If there's problems and as a man, you'll have like, say, 15 challenges in front of you. What our brain always does is it minimizes everything except the most important one. So the other stuff's not so important. So let's forget it for now. So women will be upset about things. And very quickly, our mind goes, how important is that? And what we will do is say, don't even talk about it. Don't even think about it. That's not important. And she could actually say, I know it's not important, but I just want to talk about it. And then a guy will say, well, then why do you want to talk about it if it's not important? Well, the reason she wants to talk about it is because it will stimulate in her. It will open her up. I mean, when a woman talks, this is an interesting insight in the new book I hadn't thought of before until I wrote that book. And I saw so clearly is people often associate women as um, being these great listeners and that listening is this very feminine thing. And men are not good listeners. Actually, men are great listeners, but they don't listen in the way women want us to. Researchers, thinkers and so forth. Men love to research. We're always looking for answers to problems. We're great listeners but we don't necessarily listen the way they want. And listening is actually a masculine thing. And women are not really good listeners at all. They think they are, but if you have a disagreement with a woman and give your point of view, her reaction is, oh, you're right, you think you're right, you're not. And so much happens when we focus on women being good listeners and men express what they feel. The Turner or what they think for intimacy, Men need to be in the male energy more. And the male energy is listening. Most people don't think that. But see, think about when, when you're listening to a woman speak, you're going deep into her. And if she goes to her feelings, you're going even deeper into her. And feelings are often the feelings she doesn't share at work. So now you're going even more deep. Because, see, all day long, women have all this stuff going on inside. They have to bury bury, bury. You think you have to bury stuff 10 times more for women. And this is, again, biology. Under moderate stress, where you would feel frustrations, disappointments, concerns, worries, doubts, little things. For men, it's a little thing and you just go, what can I do about it? All right. I can't do anything about it. So forget it. It's no big deal. And women have a male side. They can do that as well. But their initial reaction to moderate stress is eight times more blood flow to the emotional part of the brain. You can measure it in a woman's brain Wow. It literally under stress. She will have a much greater emotional reaction than a man. And what happens is men actually detach and have less emotion when there's a small problem. You know, like somebody's giving you a small problem. You might look away and think about it. What you just did is fully detached. Whereas what a woman will do is she will feel more of emotional response to the situation. But it's a little situation. It's not a big one. The irony of men and women is that when the problem is really big, women detach. And when the problem is really big, men become emotional. So if it's easy to solve, we just analyze, we step back, whereas women will feel more deeply. And they feel more deeply in order to elicit a a response, an empathetic response to bring the group together, to bring the collective mind together. It's a natural instinct of tribal connectedness inside of women. Whereas for men under moderate stress, you've got to know where you are, what you're going to do and what I'm going to do next. So you disconnect from emotions. Think about it another way. If you're going to go into battle, okay, you're in a dangerous situation, you can't have fear hold you back. So what you need as a man is lots of training. So you go through boot camp. You go through all this training so you have confidence that I know what to do. If this happens, I know what to do. And as long as a man knows what to do and he's taught that's going to work, then he has confidence. If he has confidence, he's able to stay over on the testosterone side. But as soon as he loses confidence, he's doing what he thinks should work and it's not working. His training isn't working. He loses confidence. His testosterone converts into estrogen and then he becomes afraid and emotional and upset and angry and defensive and argumentative. And to the extent that men do not understand women, we become out of balance and argumentative. I remember the day in my own marriage of 32 years when I realized that women are responsible for their happiness. I'm not. This is the enlightened point of view. We're all, you know, I can say this to an audience of people, they will all agree. Aren't we all responsible for our happiness? Yes. So anytime you're blaming your partner for making you unhappy, what are you doing? you're giving up that knowledge. We are responsible for our happiness. Then why do I need a partner? Because from a woman's point of view, a man can take a woman who's happy and make her happier. From the male point of view, I can be happy in my life, but if I have a woman and I make her happier, then I become happier. So we can go to heights of ecstasy through relationship. But to have that, we have to first thing is have complete responsibility for our happiness, our centeredness, our openness. And if we're not open, if we're not fulfilled, if we're not happy, and we're wanting our partner to change, you will always get the opposite result. You will get resistance. So when you get resistance, you're trying to change your partner. What you have to do at those moments is recognize, I am out of balance. Step two. Come back into balance. Step three, overflow with love and give more love because you've got plenty. Then once your partner's feeling more loved, ask for more. You can always get more. Nobody's perfect. Men need guidance on what more can I say? How can I say it right? What can I do for you? How help you? There? What doesn't work? But you give your partner instructions from a place of I am fulfilled and giving you love and I express my preferences. Now, a shortcut to that is if you read all my books, you get a lot of understanding that you didn't even know that works for women. But even still, in my marriage, my wife would say, no, John, this is how you need to say it. This would be be really nice if you did it that way. But not from a place of, you never do it right, and if you don't do it this way, I'm going to be this unhappy woman. Men are so willing to make adjustments and changes if it's our choice, as opposed to somebody demanding. And women are just as flexible when it comes to their emotions their happiness their appreciation their acceptance of us if we don't try to change how they feel women try to change how men behave men try to try to change how women feel and they have complete resistance to that so we have to give space you know this is authenticity is we you're the generation i also seem to be ahead of my generation uh, authenticity you know I want both I want the masculine female side I want my life to be fun I want to enjoy myself I like to work hard I accomplish goals I, I sacrifice a lot you know there people say oh you're so lucky you know you get to write all these books I said have you written a book it's like <laughs> if you really write if you ask most of the big selling authors do you like writing it's hell <laughs> it's hard it's hard work it's hard work and you know, in my case You will literally not be intimate with my wife for at least a month while I'm writing this book. You know, I just, I do 16, 18 hours of writing. I want to kick it out because I teach, I counsel, I have my wife, my children. So I like take a month off. That's hard for my wife. It's hard for me. You know, it's a sacrifice, but you do it to achieve your goal. And you know, if you create, if it's your purpose in life, you're fulfilled. But at the same time, it's hard work. That hard work is our masculine side. Part of the indication are you on your male side or your female side? Are you on both? If you get up and do something because you have to do it, even if you don't want to do it, but you have to do it, that's male energy. That's how you build male energy. You know, when you're lifting weights, it's not like, oh, I enjoy lifting weights so much. You go, no, I want the muscles. <laughs> I have to do it. I did it. You know, and you don't blame anybody. You're happy to do that. That's owning. Life is difficult sometimes, but then after you get to relax, you get to enjoy things light, easy. It's finding that balance. And for women, when they're out of balance, one of the first symptoms they can notice is that their mind is saying, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. It should never be that. It's I mean, there's always going to be some have to. That's your male side. But if she's unhappy, it's always I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, as opposed to I get to, I enjoy doing it, I love to. These are estrogen stimulating thoughts in the brain. You have to organize your life, even catch yourself in that mode of thinking, oh, I have to, I have to, or catch yourself in that mode of thinking, I'm unhappy because of my partner, and then come back to, I'm responsible for my happiness. My partner has the luxury of making me happier, and I can make them happier. It's a little different. A woman can make a man happier by letting him, encouraging him, being open to letting him make her happier. As a man, you're happier when she's happier, but a woman is happier when you take her to that place. And what I'm talking about there is orgasms. I mean, bottom line, the most powerful thing for women today to get back to their female side to produce a lot of estrogen is orgasms. And again, it's a battle for women because they've got this notion, okay, we're coming back to not being responsible. For hundreds of years, women have been taught that if you're sexual and if you want sex, then you're a whore, uh, you're less than, you're not valuable, and that you have to have marriage. You have to have a man make a commitment and love, and then you can have sex. So they've denied, they've repressed their need for sex. The woman's need for sex is just like a man's need for sex. Women need it just as much as we do, but they live in a society, even though we've sort of outgrown that on the surface, deep inside, there's this conditioned response in women that I need someone to make a commitment to me and love me. And then when I feel loved by this person, then I can be a good girl and enjoy sex. Otherwise I can't enjoy sex. And what I see after 40 years of counseling, one of the biggest problems in marriages is women get caught in this thing of, well, no, I can't be sexual because I'm not feeling loved enough. He's not doing enough to make me feel loved. When the reality is that sex is a woman's pleasure you know, for you as a man, you know, you love sex. You want to have sex because you enjoy it. Women also, if they're aware of their need for sex, they want to have sex because they enjoy it. Certainly so not going to have sex with just anybody, but you're going to, you're not going to make a man's ability to make you feel loved a requisite for you to enjoy sex, to feel your hunger and your need for sex because sex is going to produce higher levels of estrogen. So instead of thinking I need to have a man's love, I'm not feeling loved and therefore I'm not sexual. I'm not loving myself. I have to come back to being responsible to love myself, and then I'll be sexual. See, that's what opens it up. Sexuality is a part of femininity. As a matter of fact, whenever you're feeling the need for sex, you're actually going to your female side. Sexuality is feminine energy. And so when men get so testosterone, the testosterone goes really high, their estrogen is low. They want sex to find their estrogen going back up. Estrogen is pleasure. Estrogen is love. Estrogen is is happiness and ecstasy. It's moving over to that direction. So this is the big correction. So much divorce happens. You know, couples will have a long list of complaints. But prior to all those complaints, sex goes away. The passion, the orgasmic experience, is no longer there. Orgasmic experience is the male and female balancing within ourselves. The next level up. Now, this is for the, you know, life, the old-fashioned relationship was, you know, contentment. You know, you didn't care if the passion wasn't there. It was, you know, you had a family, you had a structure, you each had your roles. They so coming together, we want authenticity. Authenticity creates passion. But a level up to that is ecstasy much of the time. And that's like an hour of sex twice a day. And that happens when men learn how to have orgasm without ejaculating. And women learn how to be multi-orgasmic and long for sex with their partner. Just as much as women long for love, they long for sex as well. Because sex and love go hand in hand. Sex is just love trying to get into your body. Sex is spirit trying to move into your body. Sex gives life. It is the foundation of, of youthfulness, of energy, of creativity. That is the force. And you want to have all. You, know, you want to have sex. You want to have love. And you want to have spirit. And that comes beautifully, even if you're just being multi-orgasmic and the man ejaculates. But if the man doesn't ejaculate, it goes to a higher level of life. You just keep going on and on and on. There's no stopping point until you kind of go, kind of go to work. Uh, so this is something men can learn to do. Uh, if you want, we can talk more about how to learn. It's, it's it's a big process of learning. Basically, it's a like learning how to meditate. You need some good instruction, then learning how to have orgasm without, without ejaculating. There's lots of good websites online that do that as well. It takes good practice. I teach it in my men-only classes, but it's a wonderful advancement. I mean, you just think about it. Wouldn't it be great to last as long as you want in sex? Uh, For a lot of guys, that's like something they don't normally experience. And it's just beautiful. But it it requires cooperation from the woman. Women have to learn also how to be multi-orgasmic, to take the man's energy. Often women... They don't want sex to go on and on and on because they don't have enough estrogen in their body. So having enough estrogen in your body is learning to have self-love. When you have self-love, you give yourself permission to want to have sex. And when you're in that place as a woman, your requirements to have sex go way down. You always have requirements. But women are caught in a trap. In order to want sex, it must be the man who wants to marry me. It must be the man who has all these qualities. And it's way out of balance. Sex is for her. It's like, let the man be your your sex doll, so to speak. Uh, He's happy to be your sex doll and you use him. Men have no problem being used, (laughs) you know, but women do. Oh, they oh, you're using me, you know, as opposed to she has so many requirements, which are illusions. It's like saying, I have to have, have this and this and this before I'm happy, as opposed to be in the moment and be fulfilled and happy. And one of the big obstacles here for women today and. There's two modern obstacles to women having naturally produced estrogen. One is this big ex- list of expectations. And why do women need that today? Because women are more on their male side. So if you're going to be way on your male side, you need some super support to get back to your female side. And that the biggest estrogen producer there is, is sex, orgasm. So what happens is women feel that void. They have all these requirements of men, so they don't want to have sex with those men that are interested in her. So what she'll do instead is get a vibrator. She's going to satisfy herself with a vibrator. And a vibrator does not raise her estrogen, it actually desensitizes her to be able to enjoy a man's touch. And now she's she's doing it herself. She's a man. I'm taking care of myself. And it doesn't produce the high level. She can have orgasmic experience, but it's not the rich, ecstatic, orgasmic experience you would have with a man when you're allowing someone to penetrate you, someone to do you, so to speak, for you. You're doing for yourself. When you do for yourself, you're more on your male side. So that's one thing is the dependence on vibrators. Once again, you're not depending on men for money anymore. Now you don't depend on men for sex anymore with vibrators. What do you need a man for anyway? And estrogen is produced when you feel dependent. Okay, this is like a big revelation. A lot of research went into this one is that when women feel dependent on someone for something they can't give themselves, estrogen levels go up. That's what estrogen's about. And when women feel independent, I can do it for myself, they're going to make testosterone. So we have lots of things women are independent on today. What's the last place they can really depend on someone is to have him do her. Now, it's not just women that are out of balance with this vibrator thing is, and it certainly feels great, it feels better than what a man can do. So you'll see a lot of the porno things, she's got <laughs> she's got her vibrator, you got a man there. But after you depend on a vibrator, you no longer can depend, it's not as exciting for a man to do it. You actually become desensitized. Same thing happens with men. There's nothing more delicious than porn. Masturbating the porn, my God, it's like ecstasy, but it's an all an illusion. So what's happening is you desensitize yourself to a woman. A lot of guys are like 21 years old and they're impotent with a real woman because they've done too much porn. Because, see, porn will produce higher levels of dopamine. Dopamine then gives your testosterone a rise. Whenever you have high levels of dopamine consistently, it desensitizes your dopamine receptors. Your brain adjusts so that you need the high stimulation in order to be aroused. Well, a real woman cannot produce that high level of stimulation that a porn can produce. Why? Because a real woman would be someone you care about that would produce estrogen, that would lower the dopamine, that would also lower the testosterone so you're not even interested in her because your brain hasn't been reset. So you have to reset your brain. The way men can reset after years of porn and masturbating every day is practicing no more porn. It's just simply like you're an alcoholic or you're a drug addict. You're used to alcohol or drugs if you're addicted to it. It, the reason it's a problem is that high levels of dopamine desensitize the brain, so that normal dopamine stimulation doesn't give you pleasure. So now nothing gives you pleasure except that high dopamine stimulator, and your brain remembers. What do I need most is that rather than the real stuff, which is normal stimulation, which would be fine and very pleasurable if we didn't have the higher stimulation. So there is a remedy for all this stuff. That's the good news. Is like with any addiction, you have to go to the withdrawal symptom. You've got to just stay away from it for a while. You're going to masturbate, but at least you're, because you're addicted to it. So you're going to masturbate, but don't masturbate looking at videos. Don't masturbate looking at pictures. Masturbate when your body says, i got to masturbate. That's the first step. Then what you practice is practice masturbating 30 minutes. That's the whole thing is training yourself to not come for 30 minutes. So you do this and you pause, you do this and you pause, you do this and you pause, and just keep training yourself for a few months to masturbate because you want that intensity, but you're not going to go with the full intensity. Then you're training yourself to last longer in bed. You're also lowering the threshold so you can actually be turned on to a real woman. A lot,
0: lot to be said there. Thank you for, for that explanation, of course. And when it comes to personal responsibility, one of the things that I've worked so hard on in my relationship is the language that you use that does not, you know, non-victimization in a relationship. So I really, at all costs, avoid saying things like, you hurt me. Well, no, you might have said something and I felt hurt. And so I really try to make that differentiation as to not be victimized. And and my girlfriend as well is is really good at it. Uh, But I wanted to actually ask you, on the topic of sex, the idea of men having to give the woman an orgasm. Is that just something that men are solely responsible for and they need to read your books and get the training and get the confidence? Or is that something that both parties need to take a role in?
1: Both parties need to take a role in creating a setting where a woman and a man will be orgasmic. That's the responsibility of creating that setting. And for a woman to be fully orgasmic, she has to be done, okay? There's a place of receptivity where you're doing it to her, for her. And as you're doing it to her and for her, she's also doing you, to you, and for you. But you always lean in the direction of, I'm providing a support that she wants and needs. And that's hard because quite often men are feeling really horny, and so the energy he's putting out is, "I need you to do this for me." And if a woman is doing this because she has to do this for you to be satisfied, she's not going to make the estrogen necessary for her to rise up. So, in my Beyond Mars, Mars Venus in the bedroom, I do a little scenario. If you're if you're a man, then you know you feel a bit stressed in your life or whatever, and you're feeling horny. Okay, so horny is I want this for me. You you can't ignore what you feel. That's what you feel. And to to the extent that you're horny, she may not be so horny. So then you start having sex and now you're providing for her and you're touching her, but really you're wanting her to touch you. It's counterproductive. So it's a three-step process that you can do sometimes. I never like to say any absolutes, particularly in the bedroom because there needs to be a lot of freedom there. But to understand the concept is often men are more needy at the beginning of sex. So let's just go with that. Step one, touch him, give him a blow job, stimulate him, kiss him, or even have a bit of a quickie if you're using lube. And, but his responsibility is as he's getting all excited, is he's getting up to the level where he's close to having an orgasm. Then you go to step two. Step two is now... You and your mind go, okay, I'm a few minutes away from an orgasm, so I can wait, put it on the shelf for a little while, and shift the energy. You're no longer so needy because you're almost at the goal there, right? So, what happens then is you shift into step two, where the man gives to the woman. So, it's like you're literally starting over, and now you're going to start the foreplay over with her and go really slow with her and circle her breasts, massage her nipples, you know, moving down the body. Uh, And all women are a little different what they like. She guides him by moving his hands and making noises to let him know. One good thing to remember, guys, if she's making noises, repeat, repeat whatever you're doing. (laughs) Don't just move on like, okay, I got the first base, I'm going to second. Stay wherever she's feeling pleasure. You know, there's a lot to that I write about in that book. But the theme of this, I call it polarity sex. The beginning polarity in sex is usually the man wants sex more than the woman. If that's the case, then he's more needy. He's more on his female side. So she's going to be more on her male side. She's not going to be into it as much as he is to some extent. So she just gives to him and he regulates it by knowing if you give more, I'm going to orgasm. So now you're going to go to step two where he now puts his orgasm on the shelf, wait for that. And then he stimulates her. There's actually a reflex that happens in women that after women uh, have given for a while, then they feel like, okay, now I deserve to fully relax. So she can actually, for many women, they can relax more after giving to a man. And then he puts his orgasm on the shelf that he can now focus on her, going through all of the things you learn in sex books about stimulating a woman, giving her foreplay, touching her, having an intercourse, and then giving her an orgasm before his orgasm. Sometimes you might wanna give her an orgasm before penetration if you can't last long and you, you give her an orgasm. And once she has her orgasm, then you go to step three, which is where you have penetration and he has an orgasm and she has an orgasm again with him. Because when a man has an orgasm inside of a woman, after she's had an orgasm, she will have another orgasm and she will become more orgasmic as he penetrates inside of her after her orgasm. And it's actually a very natural thing to happen because when a woman has an orgasm before intercourse, what happens is her vagina will become tighter so that when you finally do put your penis in, she will get maximum stimulation throughout her body. And his penis will get maximum stimulation because her vagina will be much tighter. That stimulation is very important. And or, you know, there's a lot of books written about women and the clitoral orgasm and the vaginal orgasm. Well, there's both. There's so many levels of orgasm that Western people haven't explored. Uh, I did a lot of my research in the Taoist philosophy, a 6,000-year-old philosophy, which includes sex and their spirituality. Some very interesting things there, but there's many levels, and often you'll see in lesbians who typically just have clitoral stimulation that they gain weight in their thighs and their butt and their whole waist area because they absorb water. Because if you just have clitoral stimulation, it overstimulates. This is according to the Tao, the Taoist philosophy is when you have just clitoral stimulation for orgasm, and that's all you're getting, instead of now you go to the G spot and you go further in. Then what happens is the kidneys are overstimulated and can't properly process water, so the body starts holding on to water and they gain a lot of weight just because they're using vibrators or they're using tools for intercourse rather than a live penis, the energy of the male energy going in and stimulating the female. So, you know, this is all very interesting stuff, but uh, we should become more aware of the possibility that sex can be much, much more than we think.
0: Well, John, this is this is fascinating. I know I have to let you go here in a in a moment. What I need to do is read the rest of your books and then have you back on and ask you more even more informed questions because I could, yeah, I could talk to you for uh, the next several hours. But I wanted to to first of all thank you very much for coming on again. I wanted to to highly recommend your your book Beyond Mars and Venus: Relationship Skills for Today's Complex Worlds. Uh, we will link up all of that in the show notes. But John, I wanted to ask where people could get more involved in your community, Uh, perhaps reach out to you on social media and get more involved with what you're doing.
1: Well, at MarsVenus.com, we have abundance of free videos. We have
0: some various things people
1: can benefit from there. Also is the schedule of when I teach uh, actual seminars where people do get to spend like eight hours, three days in a row with me, (laughs) or, you know, the men-only seminars or the women-only seminars. We go into sexual skills and so forth and understand the opposite sex. These are things that are available in courses in person with me. Uh, They can go on, get a lot of that information for free at the website. And most importantly, what we didn't discuss, which I always like to bring in a little bit at marsvenus.com. We also have a store with various supplements and these supplements are supplements that are good for sex and good for uh, relationships and good for intimacy and relationship skills. Uh, I give little short videos on, you know, like for women, there's a product from Korea called RX for women that balances their hormones. It's proven to do it. You know? So while you're learning these things to balance your hormones and lower stress, there's RX for women. There's also super minerals for women, super minerals for men that when you take them literally your brain stops looping and your stress levels drop most of our stress uh, depletes the brain of minerals and we can't recoup them fast enough so some extra special minerals that are binded to erratic acid will um, carry them across the blood brain barrier so the super minerals for men and women will stop that looping and that stress level that tends to happen uh, there's also tonkatu ali is that my big you know there's a lot of libido type pills but the most important for modern men is tonkatu ali which helps to kick down the the bad estrogens and let testosterone levels go back up. And it's also very helpful for women as well. Most libido products you can buy online will have Tonka Ali, but all of the extra, the other things are not as important. That becomes the most significant one I have found to help men uh, come back to their testosterone production and eliminate the excess estrogen. And it also helps women to get rid of the false estrogens in their bodies so they can start feeling and producing real estrogen. Uh, Real quickly, one of the challenges for women, I know we're going to finish up, but just to throw this in, for women today, one of their challenges is that pesticides in our food, hormones in our meats and chicken, what that does to us if we're consuming them is it sends a message to your brain that you have plenty of estrogen. If you send that message to the brain, these are not estrogens, they're externally produced, you're not making them yourself. For women, when they have this effect where estrogens are put in their body, Those estrogens go into the body and say to the brain, you don't need to make estrogen. And so you don't feel the need for a man as much. If you feel the need for a man in your life, the need for support in your life, then you have greater love and appreciation for it. So it's diminishing women's femininity to actually give them these female hormones in the food we eat. And for men, when they eat it, it has the effect of lowering their testosterone levels. It sends a message to the brain that not to make testosterone because you need to have you have estrogen. And that's just how it affects men and women differently. So, due to our dietary practices today, supplementation is essential and extremely helpful, but it won't be enough unless you also make the choices to balance your life, where you're doing testosterone and estrogen stimulating activities and balance.
0: No, that's great, John. thank you for for mentioning you know the plastics and. All our food is wrapped in plastics these days, which is you know linked to such high levels of estrogen. And uh, I went through; I'll link to your supplements page also because there's a lot of stuff that I take on a daily basis. Uh, you know, there was D three, K two, glutathione, PQQ, chlorella, a ton of really good stuff in there. My girlfriend is a big fan of of Maka, uh, which you had on there as well. So yeah, thank you for being such a, a wealth of resources here and, and taking the the extra time here to, to let everybody know about that stuff. Cool. Thank you so much. No, you're very welcome, John. Thank you. I appreciate it.